In today's opening mock draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do something that they have not done in almost 20 years. That and more on a mock draft Monday of the Locked On Bucks podcast. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts so you always get the latest episodes when they drop. I am James Yarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com, joined by my sneaker-loving co-host, Mr. David Harrison of Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com, part of SI's Fan Nation. And, of course, you can follow all the action on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. So you, you like these, like, little intro features, and I like them as well, but the problem with when you – because I remember we used to do them for Carmen all the time. Yeah. But uh, Carmen was an every once in a while thing. I'm an everyday thing. Like, you've already done sneaker loving. Like, it's, it's – Have I? I don't know. Yeah, they, but they it, but are. it's hard because I'm not that interesting. So it's not there's not a lot of things to to come up with. That's fun. So anyway, I uh, mean, I just to, usually it's like my esteemed co-host, my favorite yeah. co-host. Every once in a while, I'll throw, I'll throw something else in there. This is a totally different concept, but like Evan Klosky is not a co-host. He's a regular guest, but he does that, no coasting duties or responsibility. I love him. That's no shade. He's just not a host of the show. No, so I'm your only co-host. Right. But you're still my favorite co-host. It's like me telling my wife she's my favorite first wife. She's my only wife. Like I've never like she's she's never gonna be like I'm never gonna have another wife. Yeah, well, and I call my youngest child my favorite youngest child. It's yeah. just it, it is what it anyway. Is. Thanks to everybody for tuning in to Lockdown Bucks. We'll now talk Buccaneer stuff. I promise you, and making us your first listener, your first view of the day and a special shout out to all the everydayers out there we've been hearing from a lot more of our everydayers ever since we started specifically thanking you so i like to think that, that is having a hand-in-hand -hand, uh, effect so we appreciate that this episode today is is sponsored by better help better help connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are visit betterhelp.com locked on to get 10 percent off your first month what is devin white worth in draft capital and NFL.com seven rounder that we want to tweak just a little bit are both coming up. But first, we look at how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can get back on a championship path by creating it. Just, just make the path yours. Don't find it. Just make the stinking thing. And to do that, James, they're going to do something like you mentioned that they have not done in nearly 20 years. And that comes thanks to our next listener mock draft from Lee Limestone, which might be my favorite name. In the history of names and in this mock draft james before we get to the bit of history that we've been teasing here a little bit we got to take a look at the first round pick for the tampa bay buccaneers with the 27th overall pick i'll let you get into those details just a little bit but with the 27th overall pick in the first round of the 2023 nfl draft the tampa bay buccaneers take alabama safety brian branch yeah so lee traded pick 19 back with the buffalo bills for picks 27 and 59, of course, 59 being in the second round in order to snag Brian Branch. And I'll be honest, like 
If he had taken Brian Branch at 19, I probably don't love it. The Bucs have their – they still need safeties. Don't get me wrong in that aspect. But they have their starting safeties pretty much set. But Brian Branch is one of those versatile guys where he can drop down and play the slot. You know Antoine Woodfield Jr. can drop down and play the slot. So now Brian Branch can play back. There's a trio of safeties now that Todd Bowles can can shift around and move and, and do a lot of different things with. So I would not have loved it at 19. I do love trading back, getting the extra second round pick, and still selecting a versatile guy like Branch. Yeah, now look, in our network mock draft, I actually took Brian Branch at 16 overall to the Washington Commanders, and I'll be the first one to admit, like, that was after I tried very, very, very hard to trade out of that pick, just the way the board had fallen. I was kind of like, you know what, let me get out of here, and I'll target a guy like Branch and maybe another guy uh, like Dewan Jones out of Ohio State or Darnell Wright at the time. Darnell Wright was kind of like that edge of the first round, early second round type of guy. He's climbed up boards uh, dramatically here pretty recently. But, yeah, I'm the same way. I like Brian Branch. So I like his versatility. I like the immediate Nick uh, Nick Nickel uh, impact that he makes um, with, the, with the future. But same thing. And we talked about this offseason, actually, kind of the devaluation of the safety position. And when you're a safety, that's kind of like you're not really a true safety. You're kind of a nickel, but you're kind of a safety. Like, that's where you still get caught a little bit between the versatility conversation and the tweener uh, conversation. But... Either way, good pick, especially with the uh, trade back uh, getting pick number 59, which is 10 spots away from being really nice. Now we get to the second round, James. We come back for day two. 32nd overall pick. Uh, you got that joke. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers get Ohio State offensive tackle Dewan Jones. And here's where history is made, James. Do you remember the last time the Tampa Bay Buccaneers selected an Ohio State Buckeye? Uh, Will Allen. It was Will Allen, and it was in 2004. Nearly 20 years has passed since the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got themselves a Buckeye. A little bit more on that here in just a second. Other day two pick with the 82nd overall pick. Andre Carter, the second edge rusher out of Army, comes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, James, before I let you react to these day two picks, here's where we get to a little bit of this history. So not only have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not selected an Ohio State Buckeye player for almost 20 years of worth of NFL drafts, which is just obviously insane to me. Uh, because you should be drafting from the Buckeyes roster every year, as far as I'm concerned. Um, the Super Bowl that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just recently won a, a few years back, that Super Bowl is the only one since Will Allen was drafted. So since the 2004 season, that Super Bowl that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won, the only one that did not have at least one Buckeye playing in the big game, which, of course, you draw the conclusion, if you want to play in the Super Bowl, more often than not, one time out of the last almost 20 years, you can get away with not having a Buckeye. But the rest of the time, you got to have a Buckeye. Now the Bucks have a Buckeye, and he's a massive, massive right tackle. So you don't got to find the path. You just tell Dewan on the right side. You put Tristan on the left. You say, guys, go make us that Big Ten path to the Super Bowl. I love what Lee did here. He trades back, picks up capital in the second round uses his already existing second round pick plus the capital he got for moving back and still taking a really, really good player, jumps all the way up to the first pick of the second round, gets a beast of a tackle, and and a listener after your own heart, David, gets you your fourth round pick. Great job. 
by Lee in the Absolutely. second round. And of course, addresses the edge with Andre Carter. I really, really like that pick. I don't want that to be overshadowed either. I know a lot of our right. listeners, a lot of our everydayers, very concerned about the edge rush. Can Shaq Barrett bounce all the way back? Questions around try on Inca. Here's another guy that can come into the rotation, add a little bit of fire. Great job. Yeah. Come back day three. And we do have a fourth round pick. Riley Moss, a cornerback out of Iowa. And then you got two fifth round picks, running back Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State, guard Jackson Kirkland out of Washington. Sixth round, we got three guys, defensive lineman Jared Clark out of Coastal Carolina, linebacker Cam Jones out of Indiana, defensive lineman Jonah Tavai out of San Diego State. And then the seventh round, we get tight end Leonard Taylor out of Cincinnati James. Third round, who sticks out for uh, that group, or third day, rather. Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State sticks out to me for all the wrong reasons. Now, I like the fact that Lee was addressing the running back position. They need help there, but Deuce Vaughn definitely is not that dude. According to NFL Next Gen Stats, he got a 59 athleticism score. That was dead last out of running back prospects. He can't pass block. His ceiling is a special teams contributor or a backup Uh in the fifth round, you can find somebody that is going to contribute more. Yeah, no, same. I, I like the grab of a running back in the, at the beginning of the fifth round there for the Buccaneers. I don't like Deuce Vaughn specifically. Uh, I'm going all the way to the seventh round. Tight end Leonard Taylor out of Cincinnati. He's an interesting guy to look at from Springfield, Ohio, right up the road from James Jarko's house. Uh, better pass catcher than his stats led on is what his, his scouting profiles will tell you. And oh, by the way, he is a Cincinnati Bearcats tight end that is a converted quarterback. And James... Do you know any other Cincinnati tight ends that were converted quarterbacks? Travis Kelsey? Travis Kelsey was a Cincinnati Bearcats tight end that was a converted quarterback. So I'm not saying that this guy could be Travis Kelsey, but he pretty much already is Travis Kelsey. So we just book it. Great mock draft there from Lee to start off the show. We're going to turn our attention now to a new seven-rounder from NFL.com, and we're going to take a look at how Chad Reuter has the Bucks draft class shaping up. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're doing that thanks to our friends over at BetterHelp. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Get to know your, getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk things through. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma, although if you have, it certainly can be helpful uh, as well. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Deserve, discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. Thanks for making the Locked On Bucks podcast. First listener, first view every single day. Every day is tomorrow. We're going to move even closer to the NFL draft. This is a very long week for James and I. We have a lot of work coming up, but it's a lot of fun as well. Can't wait to see what's actually going to happen once we get through all the mock drafts and the speculation. And we're going to continue to try to get your mock drafts and questions in to future episodes for our giveaway list. So just because you may not hear yours here, do not fret. There is still time. And if you have a question or a mock draft that you've been waiting to get in, you still have a little bit of time to get that in. But we will close that Thursday episode, our Wednesday night recording. That will be the end of the submission period. So if you need to get it in, try to do that before Wednesday at, say, noon Eastern time. But, James, someone who submitted a mock draft 
who will not get anything from us because he makes more money than us and he can buy his own stinking jerseys if he wants them, is Chad Reuter of NFL.com, who recently dropped a seven-round mock draft, which is a huge labor of love. Um, so hat tip to uh, to Chad there. And in the first round, he has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers sticking at 19 and getting Tennessee Volunteers offensive tackle Darnell Wright. Darnell Wright, like I said before, has seen a meteoric rise up draft boards as recent or recently. And Chad wrote, quote, Tristan Wirfs shifts to the left tackle for 2023, allowing Wright to handle edge defenders on the right side, as he did last year for the Volunteers. End quote. James. I know you love this pick because it takes the Buckeye off the board for me, but why else do you like this pick? It's the, it's kind of the slam dunk pick, right? Like I know in the network mock draft, I had Darnell Wright sitting there and I didn't take him. Uh, but yeah, it, it all depends on, on how things fall. Right. And, and in this particular draft, Chad Reuter had the guy that I took Bijan Robinson slip a couple more picks down to the Los Angeles chargers. But it's the biggest need on the team. It is a guy that is an immediate plug and play starter. It makes the absolute most sense to go ahead and take that guy and yeah. solidify your offensive line in front of Baker Mayfield. You can find a running back in day two or day three. You can find a defensive lineman on day two. You can find a safety, a corner. You can find all those other guys. It's not a guarantee you're going to find a plug-and-play offensive tackle on day two, a bird in the hands or two in the bush. You take Darnell right, and you smile all the way to the podium. Yeah, absolutely. And we come back on day two, and we're smiling just a little bit more. At least you are if you're Cam Smith, which I really hope does not get drafted to any of the teams I cover for a very selfish reason, James, because I just got done covering Cam Sims, the uh, receiver for the Washington Commanders for the last year. He's now in Vegas. If Cam Smith goes to either the Bucks or the Commanders, I will call him Cam Sims uh, at least once a week, I feel like. So anyway, second round, 50th overall pick, Cam Smith of South Carolina, I almost did it, South Carolina uh, comes to the Buccaneers, and then at the 82nd overall pick, tight end Zach Koontz out of Old Dominion. James, what do you think of those day two picks? Well, now I want the Bucks to draft Cam Smith just so that I can laugh every time you mess it up. <laughs> I think Cam Smith kind of fits the Todd Bowles uh, prototype for uh for a corner and especially kind of being a what would be a big nickel kind of guy uh so i think that's a good pick and then need a another tight end right they don't have cameron bright anymore you got uh kate otten and you got co keeft bring in zach Koontz. you got Cade keeft and Koontz. let's do this thing i mean i didn't think of it from that angle but it certainly works honestly look i think if cam smith comes in I think him and Zion McCollum, you can basically get them into camp and say, okay, which guy do you do we think works inside the best? And we can kind of go that route. But I, I just I go back to Todd Bowles's or Jason Light's presser and how he's kind of he almost unprompted. I mean, honestly, every obviously every response he gives in a press conference is somewhat prompted, right? But the part of the answer that was pretty much unprompted was his talking about how Zion McCollum was getting work in the nickel last year and how he thought that he was doing okay in there and these athleticism. And all that stuff. And I look at Cam Smith. You're a rookie. It's your first year. Cornerback is one of the hardest positions to translate to the NFL. So he's an outside corner of South Carolina. Certainly has those big nickel traits like you talked about. But instead of putting the transition on him or the, the onus on him to say, not only come to the NFL and learn how to play this game, but do it inside when you played outside for the most part of your career. I almost think they moved Zion McCollum into the nickel primarily 
and Cam Smith kind of becomes your second, or well, not your second, but your third or fourth uh, perimeter court. Either way, versatility uh, is the key there, and, and certainly Cam Smith brings a good amount of it. Going to day three, we got Nick Sal Saldaveri out of Old Dominion, um, the, the guard. So we got back-to-back -back Monarchs coming to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We get cornerback Travis Hodges Tomlinson out of TCU. Six-rounder, we got three picks. We got safety Jordan Howard from the Golden Gophers rejoining Antoine Winfield Jr. I don't know if they actually play together or not, but I'm just going to go with it. Uh, 181, Isaiah Land out of Florida A&M, the edge. And then running back Evan Hull out of Northwestern at 196. And then at 252, we get quarterback Max Duggan out of TCU, the Horned Frogs quarterback, not Stetson Bennett. Uh, Max Duggan coming to the Buccaneers. James, what do you think about that day three crop? I mean, Max Duggan, why not? Uh, it's it's a seventh round pick. Maybe he's the the twenty twenty three Brock Purdy and just I mean hey. pairs it up. Um, here's here's the thing about day three, which day three is a it's crapshoot, right? You're hoping to hit on a couple of these guys. Maybe they're special teamers that can develop and and turn into rotational guys. Every once in a while, you know you. You strike oil and and you end up with an absolute steal. Um, here's what I don't really care for. Um, and David, you and I kind of went through this. And we're like, you know, who's who's someone that we would change? And to me, it's the very first pick on day three. It's it's Nick Saldaveri out of Old Dominion. I I would be perfectly fine if the Bucs came away from this draft not addressing the interior offensive line. I think there's enough depth there. I think you have your starters pretty much locked and loaded, and, and they're going to be just fine. Uh, instead of, of Saldaveri, I would have taken Auburn running back Tank Bigsby, who went uh, three picks later to the Chargers. So he had the Chargers taking Bijan Robinson and Tank Bigsby. Um, so I... I think he fits what Dave Canales wants to do far better than somebody like Evan Hull at a Northwestern mm -hmm. who he took, you know, it, it the late sixth round. Uh, this is a guy that would be an immediate uh, participant. I don't want to say impact guy, but I mean, he's immediately going to be taking some offensive snaps. He's probably going to be working on special teams. I think he's no. the better bet than somebody like Evan Hull or Sal DeVere, who at best is, third string like it, right. it just it, it was a pick that i didn't care for at all yeah and, it, and it's a group the interior offensive line honestly like the more you kind of look at what the buccaneers have going do they really need to prioritize that over some other positions not necessarily certainly could could take and we talked about in lee's mock draft right our first mock draft like running back at the top of the fifth that's good it's just a matter of who the running back is uh that really needs to make sense what i like about lee's mock draft is missing from this mock draft and that is there's no edge rusher early and i am now a convert again i did an episode a couple days ago every day as you've already heard it if you haven't by all means go check it out and you'll see why well hopefully you see why i got converted into thinking that the bucks need to spend a, a, a you know a top 100 pick a first you know their first three rounds they need to get an edge rusher since they didn't hear i'm gonna go ahead and take travis hodges tomlinson the cornerback out of tcu that does not fit what todd bowles likes in the cornerback at all uh and i'm gonna move that pick and instead i'm gonna put in nick hampton edge rusher at Appalachian State, who ended up going 177 overall to the Rams. So you're robbing the Chargers. I'm robbing the Rams. That's right. Visitors are robbing L.A. That's a twist that nobody ever saw coming. Nick Hampton, a little bit undersized as an edge rusher, but he's a pass rush specialist. Where the Buccaneers need to get ready or get better in their front seven, 
pass rush. Now, I'm not saying he's going to come in as a fifth-round pick and set the NFL on fire, but he is a young pass rush specialist. We know Todd Bowles knows how to find packages for people, so that's where he can kind of make that immediate impact. In the meantime, full-time special teams guy with a lot of potential still to grow over the years. Not an immediate replacement for Shaq if that time comes through in two years or Joe Tryon Schoenka if he can't get it together, but certainly a solid depth piece that honestly uh, probably excites me as a pass rusher more than Anthony Nelson does. Yeah, I mean, I I like Anthony Nelson. I'm I'm higher on on him than I am or than than you are. But I I like this switch. I like this move to replace the the selection of Hodges Tomlinson with a guy in Hampton that, like you say, he can he can play special teams like right out the gate and then again start to develop into that rotational guy, not somebody that you have to rely on every single down, but all of a sudden you might end up with somebody who's taking 50%, 60% of snaps on the edge and being able to get after the quarterback. And that's exactly what you're looking for on day three, right? You're looking for guys that can contribute on special teams. And then maybe you find that diamond in the rough that can be a, a, um, serious contributor to, to your team. So uh, something that we were a little too ambitious about, David, might have been a draft day trade involving Devin White. We talk about a listener suggestion coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Wrapping things up here on the final Mock Draft Monday of 2023, and we did have a listener email from our buddy Mike. And Mike says, just wanted to say thank you for the show. I am an everydayer. We appreciate that, Mike. One of the Joes at Joe Buck's news page thinks like you guys and thinks that Devin White could be used as trade bait for Houston, but not the second. Maybe White in the 19th for 12th overall and grab Hendon Hooker. I love the idea of it, actually, and would love to hear both of y'all's takes on this idea. Again, thank you guys for all y'all do. For Bucks fans, love the show, and you guys, your ever-loyal fan and viewer, Demon Hunter 219 Mike, we appreciate you, buddy, and uh, we're assuming maybe we're wrong, and if we are, write back, let us know. Demon Hunter 219 is probably your YouTube tag. Uh, and so if you guys see demon hunter 0219 in the comments section, of course, give him some love and, uh, appreciation for writing this in, but David, uh, kick it over to you, your thoughts on, on Mike's proposal here. Yeah. So we talked before again about, you know, uh, the potential of the Buccaneers trading up to number two overall with the Houston Texans. Thanks to comments made by Kay Adams on her up and Adams, uh, fan duel show. So that's where that comes from. Again, every day or you already heard it. If you didn't, you can go back last week. Uh, just look for the thumbnail of CJ Stroud. It confused a lot of people and angered uh, some others. And you can listen to Kay's comments and then uh, our, our responses to that. So using the revised Jimmy Johnson scale, right? So the Jimmy Johnson scale is kind of the classic draft value trade uh, chart that people use, but it's kind of been revised and edited over the years to match more current days and trends. Houston's number 12 overall pick is worth 1,200 points. Tampa Bay's number 19th overall pick is worth 875 points, which means, James, Devin White's inclusion, if that's the end of the trade package, if it's just number 19 and Devin White for number 12, then you would basically say Devin White counted for 325 points 
towards the trade, which would be the equivalent to right between the 57th and 58th overall pick in the second round. Now, when we talked about trading Devin White in the, in the initial you know, aftermath of his comments or the report that he's requested a trade, we kind of said, or at least I said, I don't, don't want to speak for you, but I kind of said, I thought the ceiling for the Buccaneers really was probably the third round. Right? I think you can get a third round pick for him. Now, 57-58 is not super early in the second round. right? It's still a second round pick, so it's not super early in the second round. So there is that to take consideration. But do you think, first and foremost, that the Buccaneers can even get away with number 19 and Devin for number 12 straight up? Or do you think it would have to be number 19, Devin White, and I don't know, it's a fifth rounder for to sweeten the pot? No, I, I do think they could get away with this. Uh, like we talked about before, um, something that I firmly believe is, is you have Devin White, who is a, he's an immediate face of the franchise, bona fide superstar for the Houston Texans and a defensive-minded head coach. He is yeah. immediately the best player on that roster. He is immediately going to get fans excited, going to sell jerseys, probably going to sell some tickets. Not, yeah, yeah I'm not saying that Devin White alone is going to sell out the stadium, but you're going to get you know, some extra people in there than you normally would. So I think falling back seven spots and immediately getting a starter and a captain on your defense as part of that gets this job done. If it's yeah. if it's something that the Buccaneers truly wanted to explore, I think it's it would pretty much go through without any hesitation. Yeah, I think the problem with the trade aspect of it wouldn't be from the Bucs. It would actually be from Houston because... I don't think Devin White's problem with the Buccaneers is just that he wants to be paid. I think the problem that he has with the Buccaneers right now is he also wants to win, and he doesn't see that this team is in position to win and win big, like NFC Championship, Super Bowl trips, stuff like that. I think Devin White wants to be a part of that makeup again, um, and Houston is much further away from that than the Buccaneers are as we stand. So I don't know that Devin White even would want to go to Houston, and the problem with that is he doesn't have a no trade clause, but if Houston's basically like, well, we'll trade for him, but he's going to sign an extension. They would have to give permission for Devin's people to work on an extension. If Devin says, I'm not signing with Houston. It's not going to happen. Well, then it's dead in the water. Is the guy at 12 that the Bucks would trade up for Hendon Hooker, though? Um, not to me, no. Um, I, you know, it's 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 really funny to me, James, because we've talked about this uh in passing uh privately. Not I don't think we've really ever talked about this on the show, but this is Dak Prescott right now. When Dak Prescott came out of the NFL draft or in the NFL draft out of Mississippi State, I was higher on Dak Prescott than pretty much everybody else. I was like, Dak Prescott's a good NFL quarterback, da, da, da. not going to be a franchise changer necessarily. You know, uh, you need pieces around him, but he's a good dude, a good quarterback. And I got proven right. And then everybody else went crazy. And all of a sudden, the Cowboys are giving him like 25% of their salary cap. I'm going, whoa, guys, like Dak Prescott's not that dude. So now I'm on the other side of the conversation where I'm now, I'm now the Dak downer when I used to be the Dak elevator. Well, Hendon Hooker guys, like, you know, we were we were one of the first to kind of really come out and be like, the Buccaneers need to look at Hendon Hooker. And I think we stand by that. Me personally, I said back then, like, he could slide to the third round because that injury and his age combined and all those other things. And I would love to see the Buccaneers make a run in the third, run, third round at him. Wouldn't hate a second round, you know, pick if it's like a trade back type of scenario. Um, but at 12, no, like now I think I'm I'm on the other side of this conversation where I'm like, guys, and I don't want to bring up too much stuff that hasn't been substantiated, but 
there's been a lot of talk lately, mostly about quarterback CJ Stroud and S2 scores, right? S2 is kind of what's replacing the Wonderlick. Uh, Hendon Hooker's score on the S2 was 46%. And from what these studies and, and data collection points are saying, that anything below an S2 score of 80%, no quarterback in the NFL has had success with an S2 score under 80% so far. Now, the S2 test has only been around for like what is like five or six years now. It's like it's not very old. So the data is still very young and very raw. But for example, Brock Purdy, seventh round draft pick, had one of the highest S2 scores of last year's NFL draft class among quarterbacks. Hendon Hooker scored a 46%. That's not good. That's not as bad as CJ Shrouds is uh, reportedly, but that's not good. And you have the injury and you have the age. No, I don't, I don't spend a first round pick on Hendon Hooker. I'm 100% going to agree with you because the the allure that we've talked about with Hendon Hooker for so long is the fact that you could get a potential first-round prospect on day two. And you're getting that for potential first-round prospect on day two because of the injury, because of the age. He's not a first-round prospect right now because of the injury and the age. So you're not you're not moving up like we had this whole conversation about would you move up for Stroud because he is going to be a top 5 draft pick. He's going to be a top yeah. 3 draft pick. Yeah, we don't really know what Houston's going to do. But he's going to be one of the first quarterbacks taken off the board. Um so that's that's where that conversation comes from. If I'm the Buccaneers, I'm not jumping up to 12 to take a quarterback right now. If I'm moving up to 12, it's to take the number one offensive tackle. If I'm moving up to 12, maybe it's to take B. John Robinson. If he starts to slip outside yeah. of the top or 10. Or Devin Witherspoon, if he slips outside of the top 10. Oh, my goodness. Yes, Devin Witherspoon. <laughs> um, it's not to take a quarterback that needs still needs like another year before he can get back on a football field. And, and the S2 stuff I didn't even know about, so that worries me a little bit as well. Uh, also I'll point back to that. If CJ Stroud does not pan out the way that I think he will not pan out, uh, because you know, they don't go to school for class anyway. Um, the S two has nothing to do with traditional intelligence. It has everything to do. I'll do, you know, I'll do more on the, I'll tell you every day or you're going to hear me. So I'll do more on the S two on tomorrow's episode. So not only catch up James, but catch up anybody else out there who might have no idea what I'm talking about. Anytime I can bring up that quote, I will, because yeah, it was one of the most ridiculous things of all time. Also, so is his, so is his coordinated, advertised and televised announce that he's returning to Ohio State. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, that was it was also the Urban Meyer Ohio State. So yeah, we shouldn't oh be surprised. Goodness. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, I'm absolutely fine with the Buccaneers making this trade with Houston to jump up seven spots if there's a guy there that they love. But. I would have a very interesting live show after the first round if they moved up to take Hendon Hooker because I would not care for that pick at all. I mean, I'm fine if they move up to number 12 and then trade back. And they're like, you know what? We're just going to trade Devin White, move up to 12, and then we'll trade back and get a whole lot of picks yes. back and essentially trade Devin White for a whole host of picks that we weren't going to get before. And somebody else can trade up to get Anthony Richardson or Hendon Hooker or whoever it's going to be if, you know, Devin Witherspoon's not there, which I don't expect him to be outside the top 10 no. either because the best offensive tackle, quote-unquote, in the game you're talking about is Peter Skaronsky. I honestly am not sold on that, so I'd rather have, like, broader Jones. So if you can trade, like, 12 to 14, get the Pats to move up for Hendon Hooker or Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, 
get some more picks and then take Broderick Jones at 14 and then come back at 16 and do some craziness like that. I'm all for, uh, but yeah, Hendon Hooker, we're big fans of him. Like it's weird because we're probably going to get called Hendon Hooker haters probably. in this comment, which is ironic as I'll get out, but no, I would not draft him at number 12. With that, we are going to get out of here. We want to thank everyone for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen or view every day. And for our everydayers coming up tomorrow, as David said, he's going to talk a little bit more about the S2. I will not be here because uh, youth hockey continues to run my life. Um, You still have time to send in your own mock drafts or your own draft questions or scenarios uh, over to LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com or DM us at Locked On Bucks on Twitter. We're going to continue to try to get as many of those out ahead of the NFL draft. Lots of draft talk this week, but make sure you're checking out everything that David is doing over at BucksGameDay.com. Check out my work over at BucksNation.com, and of course, follow everything on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. We thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked on Bucks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.